Hello and welcome to the Gathering Church at Home. My name is John Mark Redwine and I am the lead pastor. So good to have you joining us today. What a season this has been. As our country moves into its next steps, I want to take a moment to share with you our plan moving forward. We have spent a lot of time praying and seeking wisdom about what this is going to look like for us. We want to be responsible and care for people's well-being while making it possible for people to engage in community once again and gather around Jesus and around one another. Today I'm excited to share with you our plan for our first phase of reuniting this family. Within the next few weeks, we will be launching Gather Homes. Gather Homes are small campuses of our church meeting in homes all over our area. On a Sunday morning, Gather Homes will open at 9.30 a.m. You, your family, and maybe even a guest will enter into an environment curated by our amazing First Impressions team where you will be offered coffee and a light breakfast. At 10 a.m., your kids will go with a kids volunteer to play and learn in Gather Kids at Home And you and your Gather Home family will worship together at Church Online. The service will last 45 to 50 minutes and Church Homes will end at 11.15. These Gather Homes will be excellent for the same reason our services are excellent. The culture created by our amazing Dream Team. Every Gather Home will have its own Dream Team. There will be someone serving each Sunday on a coffee and breakfast team, someone on cleanup, and someone serving in kids. All of this is outside of the host who will be offering their home and be responsible for getting the service turned on. If restrictions allow, we will be limiting these gather homes to 15 people and our goal is to have about 25 of them. With this in mind, we are making the decision to do this in place of summer life groups. Your Gather Home will become your community over the summer, and we believe that it will be a place people can learn to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We also believe these Gather Home campuses will be places we can start to feel comfortable inviting our friends and neighbors to experience the life-changing hope of Jesus and His church. And as they grow, we'll have an easy framework to launch new Gather Homes as we need to. We need people to sign up now to be Gather Home Host Homes. If you are interested, sign up right now and we will give you more information. I can't wait for us to begin to meet together again. I know my soul needs it. I'm so excited about this next chapter. Our goal is to begin Gather Homes on June 7th. Just a couple weeks, so please sign up today. Go fill out a a Connect card or go sign up on the sign-up sheet on our website, gatherashville.org. Well, today we're starting a new series called Enemies of Progress. This has been a really stressful few weeks, hasn't it? What an understatement. Maybe you've been stressed out about the virus and what it could do to you and your family. Maybe it's affected you or someone you know. Maybe you're stressed out about the economy and what this is doing to us and will do to us long term. Maybe you lost your job or just didn't work for a couple months and you've been worried about provision. Maybe all the cultural anxiety is just stressing you out. 
We tend to handle that in a number of ways. We all have ways that we handle our stress that are unhealthy. I've heard from a lot of people ways they hope to take advantage of this season to grow personally or to improve physically or emotionally. People have learned new skills or started new paths to a better life even in this season. I've heard a lot of people say, I want to be better at leaving this crisis than I was when it started. I've heard a lot of people say, I want to take advantage of this time to pause everything. I've heard a lot of people say, I want to take control of my life in this season. But then the stress of this whole thing came along. And in seasons of stress, old habits tend to get a lot worse. I also know a lot of people who were on paths to make progress, and then this virus came and derailed them. In this series, I want to talk about three specific enemies to progress that maybe you've experienced in this crisis. Today, I want to start with what I think is the most destructive enemy of progress, and that is vice. This message might be PG-13, so parents, if you've got young kids watching, now's a good time to either pause and come back for our 8 p.m. service or to send them upstairs for some Captain Kangaroo. I don't know if Captain Kangaroo is still a thing, but he came to mind. Uh, Mr. Green Jeans. The truth is that for many of us, we want to move forward. We, we want to make progress spiritually, emotionally, and physically, but we just can't get past our vices. These vices of ours keep getting in the way. Paul understood this and wrote this passage in Romans 7, verses 22 through 24. He says, For in my inner being... I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? It is the same struggle that you and I feel, the constant back and forth. I don't want to do it, but I do it. In my mind, I know I shouldn't do it, but I do it anyways. I feel a tear between the spiritual desire and the physical desire, and I don't always choose what in my heart I feel like I want to choose. I'm talking about vice today. And here's what I mean by that. A few different things. First, addiction. Addiction. Romans 6, verses 12 through 14 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments for wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. For sin shall not be your master. Sin has a way of working its way into habit. And those habits have a way of turning into addictions. And when this happens, we let these habits become our master. Addiction is a nasty animal. Usually when we hear this word, we think of life-threatening addictions like drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Maybe those are struggles you have uh, that have or have had in the past that have been made more difficult to stand against in this season of stress. But those are not the only kind of addictions. The truth is, addiction shows up in a lot of different ways. An addiction is something that you are so compelled to do that you start to feel you can't really live without it. Something you find yourself doing even when you don't want to, like scrolling mindlessly on your phone when you know you should be with your family or friends. Or like watching a show for five hours 
when you know you should be sleeping or working, or like eating just because you couldn't get the idea out of your mind. We can find a way to let anything become a master to us, and those addictions become a big way of relieving stress for us, but they add more stress on the other side. Here's some key questions to figure out if it's an addiction. Can you go one week without it? Is it leading you to even greater isolation? Do you arrange your schedule around it? Are you trying to keep it a secret? Maybe it's not an addiction. Maybe you can answer those questions and you can say, you know what, I'm not addicted. Maybe for you, your vice has been something else like gluttony. Gluttony, it's a real fine line between addiction and gluttony. I'd separate them like this. Addiction is when you give in even when you don't want to. Gluttony is a conscious choice to give in. When the Israelites were in the desert, they ate manna. It was food from heaven and it was all they needed. But they were craving some fried chicken and some gummy worms. And they began to demand it of God. And Psalm 78, 18 talks about it. It says, they willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. This is what gluttony looks like. Letting your cravings drive your decisions instead of wisdom. Maybe you drink too much. You aren't addicted and you don't feel like it's mastering you. You just like to drink and you like to be drunk, especially when you're feeling stressed out. Maybe you eat too much or too much junk food. You aren't addicted to food. You just love it and you feel like it makes you feel better. It comforts you. And now you're making sandwiches at 9 p.m. and eating nothing but pizza and candy and it has become a problem. Maybe you watch too much TV or spend just way too much time on your phone. It's a way of coping. You shut yourself off to the world and just binge whatever you can. This is gluttony and it's a vice, and it's killing your progress. If I can be honest, this is where I struggle. When I am stressed, which I have been lately, I will eat a whole pizza, or a whole pack of gummy worms, or a whole lot of fried chicken. I'm a sucker for junk food, and I just want it. And when I am stressed, I will give in to that want. It's a vice and it's hurting my progress. Maybe your vice is sex. Porn should probably get filed under addiction because it almost always is. But since the statistics show us that this is the biggest vice out there, I'm going to give it its own section. You cannot want to get better spiritually or emotionally and also look at porn or take sex out of the context of marriage. 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 18 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. This verse is about more than prostitution. The reality it teaches us is that sex isn't just physical, it's a uniting of the body, mind, and spirit. Watching porn isn't harmless. You are breaking your intimacy. 
You want progress in your relationships, but you are damaging your ability to build intimacy at the deepest level. The same is true about sex with strangers. These vices, whatever yours may be, are keeping us from becoming who we want to be and living the life we want to live, and they don't have to anymore. We can stop these enemies of progress and free our mind, body, and spirit to begin to move forward again. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. I want to share with you three truths and three applications from these two verses to help you defeat your vices and get back on track. One of the pastors uh, who leads our organization, Art, preached these truths a few weeks ago. And I want to bring our church through this as well because I believe we desperately need it in the season we are in. So let me share this with you and call you to an application of it. My body is the place where God dwells. First thing, and this is a truth we need to learn and repeat and say out loud. I think it's important to take take a moment every morning when you wake up to center your heart and your mind and your spirit in a moment of worship and prayer and scripture. You could do this in 15 minutes. And when you do it, Remind yourself at the outset that my body is the place where God dwells. If this season has taught us anything, it's that God doesn't dwell in a building. Because for 10 weeks now, we haven't been in one, and yet God has continued to work in His church, and lives have continued to be changed, and people have continued to find freedom and purpose, and we are still making a difference. We sometimes think God dwells in a church. I've noticed a visible difference in people when they are in a church building and when they are outside of one. People tend to try not to misbehave in a church building. They talk a little bit quieter. Ever been in a cathedral? Hats come off, eyes turn up, and voices go quiet. What would happen if we treated our bodies with the same kind of reverence? Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. We let a lot of things into our bodies that we would never let into a cathedral. But God doesn't dwell in a cathedral. His presence, His physical spirit resides inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But we let filth in through our eyes on our TVs. We let darkness in and we treat our bodies terrible in times of stress through gluttony and substance abuse. It's time to treat our bodies like the temple of God. Paul says in Romans 8, 5, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. It's time to stop being controlled by our vices and start being controlled by the Spirit. Here's the application for this. Church, let's detox. We need to detox, guys. 
I'd be willing to bet there was something you overindulged in over the period of this quarantine. I mean, what are we on, week 9, 10 now? I don't know if it was addiction or gluttony or sex-related, but maybe it was something different altogether. But when we are under heavy stress, these are the seasons we tend to overindulge. So whatever that thing is, will you join me in seven days of detox? Here's what I'm calling our church to. A one-week fast of whatever it's been uh, that has been your vice in the last couple of weeks. For me, it's going to be candy, sugar, and junk food, which is tough because I am still stocked up. But I'm eating clean for the next seven days. Maybe you need to join me in that. Maybe you've been drinking more than normal. Once a week has turned into one or two every night. Detox. One week, no alcohol. Maybe you've been watching way too much TV or played way too many video games. Don't scale it back. Detox. One week, no TV. Read a book. Have a conversation. Come on, church. We can do this. Maybe you need to detox from your phone. Turn off everything but phone calls for a week and just see what happens to you. Let's detox, church. Let's put down these vices and push forward into real real progress. Second, my body belongs to God. It says in that passage, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. When I am using something that does not belong to me, but belongs to somebody I care about, I use it differently than I would if it were mine. Sometimes my mom lets me drive her car when I visit her home. It is much nicer than my car. In my car, I try to pay attention, but I also look at a lot of trees and signs and other drivers a lot. You ever look at the driver next to you just to see if they look like the way that they're driving? <laughs> you know, it's like you got to get that peak when you're passing them. I do this. And when I do, I can get a little bit swervy. In my mom's car, I'm, I'm locked on the road like I'm driving Daytona. I see nothing but lines. What if we treated our bodies this way, our minds this way? our hearts this way, like we are not our own. Here's the application. It's simple. Here's a way to constantly reset your focus and how you choose to treat your body each day. Worship. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Wake up tomorrow morning and meet God in worship. If you have Spotify, search the playlist Worship Now. It's updated regularly and it's always good. Just turn it on and listen to that first song and sing it like you mean it. Turn your attention to the one who you are called to honor with your decisions. When we choose vice, we are choosing ourselves and what we want. Worship helps us choose to focus on God and what He has asked of us. My body was made to honor God. Therefore, honor God with your body. This is the last thing. Paul says this in another place, Romans 6.13, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Why would you give your body over to vice when you could give it over to God, to the one who made you, who designed you, who's called you and created you? Here's our final application today. Purpose. You have a purpose. And God knows that you're not perfect. 
He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for progress. Progress towards living in your purpose. Progress towards honoring Him with your purpose. So it's time to say no to all these distractions. It's time to stop letting this season of anxiety and stress drive us into all this pain and vice and bad decisions and overindulging, whatever it is for you. There's a story in 2 Samuel. King David, the man after God's own heart, gave in to the vice of sex. He saw a woman bathing on the roof and he wanted her and so he got her. He was married and she was married to different people and it was wrong and a lot of wrong happened because of this. In 2 Samuel 11:1, 1, it says the story started this way. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army, but David remained in Jerusalem. The whole reason this sin in his life happened was because he was supposed to be off fighting other battles, but he stayed at home. See, I think many of you are fighters that were supposed to be out fighting other battles, but because of this virus, you've been forced to stay at home. And it's opened you up to spiritual attack that's led you to sin. I need you to hear me tell you that it's not over for you. Don't spend too much time in your guilt. It's not too late for you to move forward. 1 John 1.9 says, If you confess your sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive. You can be forgiven. And it's not too late to make progress. It's not too late to live in your purpose, even right now in this season. As we prepare for the next phase of the gathering church, make a decision right now to move forward, to fight this battle, to kill this enemy of progress, and to make a change to put your vices behind you and to stop letting them keep you from the life you were called to live. You can have the progress you've dreamed of. Don't keep your eyes fixed on what is behind, but keep them focused on what is ahead, striving forward toward that goal. Listen to me. I know we have all fallen to vice over this time in one way or another. And if you haven't, good for you. Keep going in the way you've been going. But for everybody else, just know that our Father has grace for you and that He's called you not to wallow in it and to look back at it or, or to feel guilty about it, but just to confess, to be forgiven, and to put it behind you so you can move forward. If you're in here today, if you're watching, and you, you don't have this kind of focus in your life. Maybe your vices have always taken control of you because you haven't known what else to turn your attention towards. I want to give you the best news you'll ever receive today. You can enter into a relationship with Jesus right now, right here today, just as you are without any other requirements, without any, any guidelines that you have to meet. All you have to do is confess your sins and He is faithful and just to forgive. Father, forgive me and I want you and He will give you purpose and drive and something to move forward towards. If that's you, if you're ready to make that decision, today. Would you say this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I worship you today with all that I am. And, and God, I ask that you would forgive me for every mistake I've ever made. Heavenly Father, forgive me for, for trying to do this on my own. Forgive me for my sin. I confess my sin. I confess there are many. Forgive me. God, I give everything that I am to you today to follow you with all of my life from this moment forward. Amen. 
And in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just made that decision, I want you to know that all of heaven is celebrating with you and your church family is celebrating with you too. Let us celebrate with you. Fill out a Connect card right now, an online Connect card. Fill one out so that we can just give you some next steps and send you some resources and help you feel at home in this new family of faith. If uh, if you've got prayer requests, you can put those on those um, connect cards as well and our prayer team will lift you up in prayer if, if you would like to be a part of the dream team uh, we have our, our online growth track coming up on May 27th at 7.30pm sign up right now to, to become a part of our church through growth track or to find out more about who we are and how you can be involved we'd love to have you involved in that as well and then finally uh, this is when we worship through giving if, if you feel like this church is your home your family, then we we ask that you would just worship the one who has made you by giving, by releasing this first portion of your finances, releasing it uh, to the one who has provided so much for you as a spiritual act of worship. If this is your home, partner with us and you can in any of the ways that were mentioned before in the announcements. Hey, thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Let me pray one more time as, as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, millionth chances. That God, no matter how many times we give in the vice, that we make mistakes, that we fall to sin, you are right there willing and ready to forgive us. And so we worship you and we honor you today for who you are. God, we want to move closer to you. We want to get more and more like you. We want to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, and we can't wait to worship with you again.